You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call Seabus Seatown, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells OH, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice cold Pepsi right here in Seabus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi and say here's to OHIO, where Pepsi and life are oh so refreshing. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. Breaking news. I mean, we're going to do breaking news again in like another two minutes. Trust us. The Yankees won a game in Tampa. I know. I know. They can do it. They, they did it. They blew numerous scoring opportunities. They left runners on the corners, no outs, with a chance to expand their lead. They had a 2-1 lead with a leadoff double in the middle of the game with Jordan Montgomery on the mound against the heart of the, the order. They won. 3-1. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with the mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer that. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast. Uh, yeah, Run-of-the-mill 3-1 game. Yankees go on the road and beat a team with a bad offense uh, that only hits homers and strikes out a ton and objectively isn't that threatening right now. But they also do something they've only done three times since June 2019. Unbelievable. Uh, it was. It did. It did feel like an easy win. I know we we classic had to sprinkle in our mistakes there with the runners on the corners and Stanton for some reason running from third to home just on a walking the slowest grounder. guy on the team who can't yeah. run on the turf just walking home sharp grounder to second. Uh, he had to slide or else he just would have stood there and they would have tagged him. Um, I, uh, I, you know, give props to Jordan Montgomery. I know the Rays offense sucks, but uh, six innings, nine strikeouts, two hits. He was starting to get hit hard in that sixth inning. He gave up like, three straight <laughs> hits to the warning track. And I'm like, all right, yeah, the whole ballpark. Yeah, it was good. He, 85 pitches. He was fairly effective. 
Uh, career high nine strikeouts for Gumby. So uh, love it. Um, uh, the situational hitting probably does need a little bit of uh, uh, d- does still need to be addressed. Um, but I'll take a three one win coast to coast. That seems relatively easy against the Rays uh, on the road, especially after all that's happened against them since September of 2019. Um, so feeling good right now. Uh, but oh, wait a second. The, oh wait, what? The producers are in my ear right now. We have we have a bit they're of not talking news. to me. Uh, nope they're 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 making sure that I have to announce it, guys. This is a pubic service announcement, mm. and the news you've all been waiting for. Just in case you were wondering, the Manscaped engineering team has confirmed today that they've successfully created the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the U.S. and Canada. The new trimmer was released only moments ago. Well, at this point, it's probably days ago, uh, and we're the first to get our hands on it and share the news. Um, just over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped um, join, join the party uh, with this exclusive offer, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Uh, guys, this is something we all need to pay attention to. New lawnmower, uh, it's waterproof. You can shave in the shower. It's got a nice light on it. Um, the uh, advanced ceramic blade and skin safe technology is so good that it almost seems as if Manscaped worked with Elon Musk's engineers to ensure your testes are uh, as safe as possible. My question is, why didn't Elon Musk mention this on Saturday Night Live this past week? Don't know. But anyway, it's here. We're announcing it to you. We are bringing it to you. The optimized lawnmower uh, 4.0 trimmer um, is probably the best thing out there. Groom in the shower. Don't have to make a mess on the bathroom floor. Don't have to make a mess anywhere else. Um, and you know, this is, this is what, uh, this is what we have to do at this point. We have to take care of ourselves. We have to trim the Yankees have to trim, please trim the fat off. Um, and, uh, if you're still trimming your face with your ball trimmer, uh, it's time to make some changes. So, uh, let, let's get on here. Let's, let's differentiate, get yourself a manscaped head on over to uh, manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping with the code fansided 20. Uh, that is 20% off again with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code fansided 20 unlock your confidence. Always use the right tools for the job with manscaped everyone. My producers, it's weird. They weren't saying anything to me at all. They, they were had just to, talking. They didn't to want you. to interrupt you. They were just like, Tom, you got to shut up, dude. There's. there's <laughs> yeah, but then you interrupted me anyway. So it was like <laughs> triple interrupt. I mean, thanks, producers. That was thank you. That was very important. That was, that was a pubic service announcement for sure. Um, I yeah, I, I'm I'm obviously happy. I, I'm always it's crazy how much happier I am after the Yankees win baseball games. It colors the rest of my evening. I stayed up way too late, hoping the Knicks were going to clinch a playoff spot last night and they didn't. And they lost in brutal fashion against the Lakers. And I even, I went to bed like, can't care about this. If the Yankees had lost that game to the Rays, though, I would have, you know, woken up in a different fashion. Um, yeah, the Rays are not not a good offense and a team that uh, isn't a, doesn't have a good pitching staff right now. And it doesn't really seem to matter because they still went down two nothing, almost went down three nothing. The Yanks had second and third, one out, uh, and scored a run on a wild pitch, and then they still couldn't get that extra run in. And then it was like, well, the Rays will easily, you know, shrug, ho hum, they'll come back. They almost did. Mike Zanino homers immediately, the longest home run in recent Rays history. I think the second longest. Yeah, the, one of the three longest home runs all year in Major League Baseball and the longest stat cast home run ever measured at Tropicana Field. So that's awesome. Came back from 0-2 in the count, worked the count, slammed a homer. Great. It's happening again. The Rays never hit, and yet they lead off the inning with that Marco double. Zzz, I'm sleeping. I'm so bored because here come the Rays. They're going to do it again. No, Montgomery gets out of it. Uh, he looks awesome. Holds the fort. And once again, sixth inning, he can. the ballpark barely contains three long rips but it does contain all of them. 
uh, get to Luke Voigt's next at bat. He rocks one of the warning track that I really thought was out. And guess what? If he doesn't get hit on the hand in the fourth inning, which seemed to be reverberating for the rest of the game, it probably does get out. Felt like he missed that by a fraction of an inch. Uh, and then Gary Sanchez. Mm. Uh, Got to give it to him. Homer. Big insurance run. Two out homer in that inning. Got way out. Oppo shot. Uh, and that ultimately ended up being the difference. Partially because Gary Sanchez erased a runner in the ninth. That also happened. Uh, vintage Gary Sanchez. I remember when he did that against the Astros like back in 2018? Yeah. Um, in like the ninth inning of or the eighth inning, uh, one of the late innings of a tight game against the Strohs. Um, awesome. I mean, that ninth inning, of course, a role as Chapman has been nails all year. And in, in that inning, he's throwing 96. He apparently had some sort of fingernail issue. But like, of course, all that happens against the Rays in Tampa in what was otherwise a boring, dreary game. Glaber Torres first out of the ninth weird knuckling liner can't catch it tries to play it on a hop dribbles off his body great of course that happens wild pitch gary catches the runner amazing or oldest heaven still walks yandy diaz and looks hurt ripped line drive by kevin smith to the shortstop um and then muscles up you know shrug maybe rips his fingernail off when we're not looking and starts throwing 100 against brandon lau Awesome. Great job. But obviously things were a little tougher than they needed to be or should have been or whatever. But a win's a win. And now, uh, do I want to win the series like any good Yankee fan? Yeah, obviously. But the pressure is off a little bit. The Yankees are 8-2 and two in their last 10, 19-16 and 16 overall. Garrett Cole going on Wednesday night. I expect nothing but tough sailing in this series, though. It's not going to get easier. Garrett Cole, Colin McHugh matchup. I guarantee that won't be easy. Uh, whoever Jameson Tyone against whoever the Rays drag off the street in the Thursday game, I guarantee you that will not be easy. Obviously, the Yankees have lost two coaches to COVID already this week, Phil Nevin and Reggie Willits, as well as a staffer. The Yankees were supposed to be fully vaccinated. Those guys are supposedly fully vaccinated. Uh, a vaccinated guy getting COVID, not impossible. A vaccinated guy passing COVID on to another two vaccinated guys, that is almost impossible, which makes me think that uh, somebody didn't get uh, vaccinated. Don't mean to call the Yankees out for that, but uh, pretty pretty impossible thing. Uh, the Daily News, of course, with a weird headline after this game, they it said uh, like Yankees tame Tampa or whatever, and it was like Yankees finally get a break as two coaches test positive for COVID nineteen. It's like yeah, I don't. Those are two separate thoughts. I don't think you want to put those together on the back page. The, the break was not Phil Nevin getting COVID. The break happened, and then also weird COVID things happened. Uh, it was like Yankees tame Rays, but not the virus. Yankees finally catch break in Tampa as two coaches get COVID. Uh, no, two different ideas. Um, the only thing that really concerns me from this game, though, is Voight getting hit on the hand in his second at-bat back from the IL what a ridiculous 2019-2020-ish bit of luck there. And I don't think we're out of the woods yet on this either because it was still swollen late in the game and was clearly affecting his at-bats. Uh, yeah, and this this just pisses me Sucks. off because yeah, it, and it, you have Kevin Cash complaining earlier this year when Ray's look. I don't know what's going on. The, the tensions are high when these two teams face, face each other, but also at the same time, uh, major league pitchers are having and what an all time like issue with the, with their accuracy. Ken as Rosenthal. soon as major league baseball started making sticky substances, a suspendable offense. Yeah. Pitchers can't control their fastballs anymore. And they're throwing one Oh nine with regularity. 
Yeah. So, look, I know that it it did seem fishy earlier in the year when Rays hitters got plunked in three straight games. But, you know, this you watch any other game like it happens. Like I was watching Brewers. uh, I was watching Brewers Cardinals last night. You think Josh Hader was meaning to throw, you know, up and in at 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 uh, at uh, Nolan Arenado on like the fifth pitch of the at bat. No, dude, it's just like people lose control. And this is what happens. Nobody freaked out. But Kevin Cash is going to keep whining. And it's funny. It's funny because he whines. Oh, yeah, it's a coincidence. It's just a coincidence. Our guys keep getting hit once again. I don't like to count because I don't care, but I keep note of things because when things happen and then somebody else comes crying, then I'm just like, here is here's what actually happened in case you were paying attention. First pitch of the fucking game yesterday, Luis Patino goes up and into DJ LeMahieu. He didn't fall over, but like yeah, he went to he he went he he made an effort to swing and he had to jolt back because it was an up and in fastball. And then you're going up and into Luke Voigt on his first game back and his second at bat of 2021. I know it's probably not intentional, but like every time the Yankees hit somebody or go up and in on somebody, you're whining about it. Yet we're having you once again. The, the history of the Rays going up and in on DJ LeMayu, it's not really quantifiable unless someone's sitting there, you know. I don't, I don't know what stat that, that, that shows that it, certain players are are uh, getting more uh, getting brushed back more often than the others, especially against the Rays. But DJ LeMay, who with regularity is thrown up and in against the Rays. And then and then we're hitting Luke Voigt in his first in his in his second at bat of the 2021 season. So I'm just done hearing it from Kevin Cash. I'm done hearing Kevin Kiermeyer whine about it like it happens. This is part of the game. I'm not complaining about either of these guys getting hit or getting thrown up and in. It's part of the game. I'm just done hearing them having some bullshit to say to the media after every time this happens to them, claiming as if, you know, the Yankees have some grand plan to injure their players or scare off their players. Last year was a different scenario. I I, I don't know what the deal was with the whole Aroldis Chapman, Mike Brasso thing. We'll never know. But like to say it was as clear as day, Masahiro Tanaka hit Joey Wendell on purpose with a 92 mile an hour fastball in in the first inning. Like, get over yourself. Right man. where Voight got hurt. Yeah, like today. Come same on. Spot. Yeah, it's just like who who fucking cares? Uh, done with it. it the hit, players are going to get hit. Players are going to get brushed back. It's part of the game. Moving on. Uh, anyway, about the COVID, uh, people um, were some people were bugging out. Oh, they're playing this game. Why are they playing this game? They're playing this game because the Yankees are hot. They have a high enough vaccination threshold uh, where um, it's not really an issue. Don't forget, they got the Johnson and Johnson vaccination, which only has a 66% efficacy rate against COVID-19 compared to Moderna and Pfizer, which I think are 95 to 97. Uh, the important thing about all these vaccines for all you scientists out there who are now on Twitter, probably, you know, oh, vex- oh yeah, the vaccines aren't working, dude. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Phil Nevin protect- got it. That's all the evidence I needed. They're fake. Yeah. Super they, fake. Yeah, okay. they're, they fucking, they protect 99 to, you know, 99.8% against hospitalizations and deaths. That's all we're looking for here. COVID-19 is going to exist just like any other virus that's been out there. But um, the Yankees could, I guess, potentially deal with this issue more times uh, over the course of the season, given that there's the uh, there's the less effective rate uh, with the Johnson and Johnson shot to protect against COVID. Um, but the Yankees went ahead, decided to play. Uh, it seems like they're probably on track to play tonight, despite learning because this second first, we thought Marley Rivera and uh, and I forgot somebody else uh, initially reported that five Yankees coaches and staffers tested positive for COVID, which just wasn't true. Marley uh, Rivera asked Johnson and Johnson, do you think you're a good vaccine? <laughs> 
Uh, so Dawson that was, Johnson was like, what? She was like, it's an inside joke between me and the vaccine. Uh, like, between what? me and the corporation. Um, so uh, we had that bit of misinformation, which was a cause for concern, because then we learned shortly after that Yankee staffers and coaching uh, personnel were are 100 percent vaccinated. The Yankees as a whole are at I think they're just above the 85 percent threshold. Uh, I saw um, 23 out of 26 Yankees are vaccinated and like oh, we don't need to know who so is got to be. Like, 90, that's, yeah, that's uh, a lot. Nine, yeah. yeah, that's probably 90 something at this point. So that's good. Um but yeah, at the, if we, there was a lot of misinformation in the beginning. We thought the game would be canceled or postponed and we'd be seeing a doubleheader today, which would have been a nightmare. Thankfully, we don't. Now that I guess they have this information, uh, a bunch of other coaches were also sent away from the team. I don't know if you guys noticed. Uh, Matt Blake did not come out to the mound to consult uh, the pitchers. <laughs> it was uh, Mike Harkey. Legend. Yeah, Mike Harkey was out there. So uh, there, there, Aaron Boone did not disclose what uh, coaches or personnel were sent home to either be away from the team uh, based on whatever the testing and the contact tracing revealed. Um, so don't know if Matt Blake is dealing with anything, but the Yankees are obviously taking the proper precautions to not have this become more of an issue. Um, but uh, hopefully we're all on track today and we don't have to deal with this anymore, but it could potentially be an issue because like I said, of the low efficacy rate, nonetheless, uh, I'm loving what I'm seeing from the starting rotation. Still look, the race suck, dude, we have to, we have to sweep this team and I know we're not going to, <laughs> Look at I we're not going to we, look at let's, let's take a quick break. Let's take a quick oh, break before we go on the on the uh Rays rant. Do it. We've also got Kevin Kiermeyer doing 10 minutes on why he's the best center fielder in the history of baseball. <laughs> Stick around, we'll be right back. Roll with Coda and roll on over to our digital fare management system that lets you digitize dollars and save money every time you ride. Never pay more than $4.50 a day or $62 a month, no matter how many times you ride. Learn more at coda.com forward slash transit app. Welcome back to the XKOER podcast. Thomas Carinante, you have the floor. The Rays, they they do suck. That's what's so annoying about them. They they aren't good and they're worse this year. I would love to explain. Someone needs to explain to me how this team is night. They're a game over 500. They're 19 and 18. I don't they know. They just how. went on the road and beat up the A's a little bit. I they know. went five and two on the road trip and struck out 80 times in a seven game span. Yeah. You think uh, we we look at the Yankees offense and we're frustrated. We're frustrated with it for different reasons because we have all world talent and we're dealing with this stuff. The Rays do not. Uh, Randy Rosarena is like their best hitter right now. He's hitting 258. Manny Margot, 230. Austin Meadows, who somehow, Austin Meadows fluctuates between the cleanup spot, the leadoff spot, the three-hole. The guy's batting 189. He's bad. Yandy Diaz, 246. Mike Brasso, 173. Uh, Mike Zanino, 219. Willie Adamas, 184. Like, this team is not great. I know they play good defense. I know they have a good bullpen, but their starting rotation is taking a step back after the losses from this offseason. It's just like it's about time the Yankees get there. It's sad to say we have to get revenge on this team because this team is this team is worse worse than us. I know they they've devised a formula to beat us uh, through their advanced metrics and whatnot, or just through the mental edge because they punked up punked us so many times. But they have so many injuries right now, and even the guys that they rely on to produce for them are not doing that. And we're already in month two and they, they are bad. They're one, they're one of they're statistically one of the worst teams in the league and they're managing to rattle off wins and be 19 and 18 at this point. But, Oh man, it would just be great if we could it, just like take care of business like Garrett Cole on the mound today. This should be a win. I know Tyone, uh, they, they don't have a pit. They don't have a pitcher planned yet for uh Thursday, but like Tyone, like let's get this win like facing a bad lineup. Just like, Throw strikes, trust the defense, Yankees offense, do something. 
because the Rays are bad this year and we, we should not be going neck and neck with them for much longer, I think. Every Yankees Rays game up until Tuesday has been the exact goddamn same. It's the same thing. They gut out to a one or two nothing lead. Somebody homers in the first or second and you start going, maybe today's different. The Rays aren't good on offense. The Rays don't punch back. The Rays don't string big innings together. They, they, they don't hit. So once you get a two nothing lead, you start getting into cruise control and you're like, maybe today's the day. Gio Urshela hit a two run shot in the second. Maybe today's the day. No, in the fourth, some Ray homers. Austin Meadows goes yard. Okay, it's 2-1, still manageable. Why aren't the Yankees hitting anymore? Weird. We should probably put some more insurance runs on the board. We don't. Sixth inning comes along. One out, double, double. Game is tied. 2-2, some other Ray. Singles in the run with two outs. It's 3-2. The Yankees never score again. They lose. And you're like, well, the Rays can hit. Austin Meadows is clutch. Randy's clutch. The Rays really can't hit. They make it look effortless and easy. They they usually hit just enough to win baseball games. They are the platonic ideal of the modern form of baseball that everybody hates. They strike out. Everybody thinks the Rays, you know, oh, if only the Yankees had the contact hitting the Rays do. The Rays strike out and hit homers more than basically any other team. That's how they score. They hit clutch homers. Mike Zanino hits homers. Margot hits homers, Randy homers, Meadows homers. Like, that's how the Rays win baseball games. They strike out a lot. They hit a lot of homers, just enough. They bother the opposing pitcher. They are McKinsey baseball. They're the modern, like, consultant came in and was like, baseball is an interesting game with high variance. But you know what you can do? You can hit a lot of homers. You can hit basically nothing but homers. You can strike out a ton. You can pitch just enough, and you can go five and two on a big road trip. So, the more games like yesterday that are just straight up boring that the Yankees can win, the better. I would love to see the Yankees blow the Rays out of the trop. It'd be great to just put up runs against Colin McHugh or Rich Hill or any of these short relief, slow pitch lefties like Josh Fleming. It would be great to just see one of them and go, we're up 3-1. Let's put up a six spot on him in the seventh inning. That would be great, but it doesn't really happen. You have to win these boring games against the Rays or they're going to win boring games against you. That's how it goes. Um, and not to be rude, back to the Luis Patino thing very briefly. Luis Patino is not a major league pitcher right now. And no. I know that because how he controlled his stuff. I understand that he has incredible stuff and he's going to be a centerpiece of this resortation for a while at some point. But the Rays don't seem to care that he has steps to go in his development. They're like, he has nasty stuff. Great, let's bring him up. He can't go over four innings. Great, let's bring him up anyway. We'll piece together the end of the game. But that's how you end up with things like Luis Patino throwing a ball off Luke Foyt's wrist. Luis Patino throwing, crossing up his catcher, Mike Zanino, and throwing back-to-back wild pitches. And then shaking his head, I hate this, after throwing, after Zanino is unable to block one of his weird fastballs that went to the wrong quadrant of the plate. He's, a, he's got nasty stuff. He's a top prospect for a reason. He's not a major league pitcher right now. I'm surprised that the Rays were willing to, like, I guess that's part of the efficiency thing that they're like, he has all the skills of a double A flamethrower. Let's bring him up anyway. People will know what to do with him. We'll, we'll pull him at the first sign of trouble. That's why the Rays bother me. He wouldn't be up in the majors for any other organization. The Rays think they're a contender. I don't know why Luis Patino is pitching right now. Not a knock on his stuff. Not a knock on where he eventually gets to and his ceiling. Knock on him right now. He's not a major league pitcher. Let's talk about uh, the mock draft thing that, that's been bothering us all week. Before Ugh. we sign off, um, last year, the Boston Red Sox 
were terrible, just objectionable. They took crazy steps back. They hired Ron Renicky to be their manager and gave Alex Cora a vacation, which I still think was probably a handshake deal situation. Like, hey, Alex, go relax. You'll be back. Don't worry. This will blow over because that's how scandals work. You'll be back before too long. Sure enough, he was back. The Red Sox were awful last year. They downgraded in every way possible. It was strange. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez tragically having long-haul COVID did affect that prognostication too, as well as Chris Sale's Tommy John surgery. But once those things happened, I think they very consciously were like, let's get a high-ass draft pick. They ended up fourth. They ended up ahead of the Baltimore Orioles, who picked fifth, even though everybody and their mother knew the Red Sox had a brighter immediate future in the Orioles. Did we think the Red Sox were going to run away with the A at least in 2021? No. And I still don't think that the Yankees are a game back in the loss column right now, by the way, uh, the Red Sox played some extra games. I'm not sure how that happened, but the Yankees have 16 losses and the Red Sox have 15. Um, they're a good team, whether they're a good 85 or 86 win team or a really good team that I don't know yet. They have played one of the easiest Red Soxian sleepwalking schedules ever so far through early May. Um, but they're a good team that's going to pick fourth overall ahead of the Orioles, who are a bad team that's going to pick fifth overall. But fourth overall, we all laughed because the Red Sox wanted to tank for the number one pick to get Kumar Rocker, who was sort of a shoe-in number one overall pick last year and has done nothing to disprove that status this year, other than the fact that his teammate Jack Leiter might be even more polished and better. So there's two ace pitchers available in this draft. And the teams that are picking ahead of the Red Sox, we laughed at the Red Sox when they fell to fourth, right? Because it was like, ha ha, there's two guys. You're going fourth. You're going to get somebody, but it's not going to really matter. There's all these high school shortstops floating around. And the Red Sox already have Xander Bogarts at shortstop, who's really good. So I'm sorry, you're not going to get me to whine and complain about the Red Sox drafting a high school shortstop named Marcelo Meyer. That's just, that's a punch you're going to have to roll with. If the Red Sox draft a high upper echelon, High school shortstop. I think you and me and everyone on earth is just going to have to be like, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah. You're, you'll go from good shortstop to good shortstop, maybe. Fine. Um, the Red Sox are behind Pittsburgh, Texas, Detroit. Three teams that could all use ace-like starting pitching. The Detroit Tigers have Matt Manning and Casey Mize and Tarek Skubal, but they also have Riley Green and Spencer Torgelson on offense. They have offensive prospects coming. They got a lot of pitching prospects coming. The Pirates have nothing. They should be taking the best available. The Rangers are definitely going to take the best pitcher available. And I've seen the Rangers taking a pitcher on a lot of mocks. Yeah. But as it stands now, the stupid Pirates are going to budget save here and take a shortstop. So are the Tigers. And the Rangers are going to take Jack Leiter, leaving the pitchers leaving Kumar Rocker going to the Red Sox, which I saw in the ESPN mock that dropped on Tuesday, that it is now deemed likely that he'll fall there and likely that he's the, quote, kind of guy the Red Sox won't pass on in this scenario. How on earth did we get here? Pirates and Tigers fucking us again. The Garrett Pirates Coltrane. and Tigers. The Pirates refuse to take the best player available at number one. They are so stupid. And it makes no sense either because the shortstop that they're projecting, look, we don't know how, I guess, based on reports, they're likely to do this. I don't know. The shortstop they're projected to take, who's Jordan Lawler, he's a Vanderbilt commit. Most of the time, those guys go to Vanderbilt. And like a lot of the times, you're not going to want to get drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates. I know the bonus is enticing uh, because you become a millionaire right off the bat. But like we've seen crazier things happen before. Like, but why are you going to take a guy who has the capability to opt out and go to college instead? 
go for one of the two college aces who are right there for the taking that can immediately improve your organization within like three years. You're not going to see the shortstop, the high school 18 year old shortstop for another six years. I, I, I mean, I don't know how long I, I, I could be wrong, but um, how badly do the pirates need a shortstop? Like, is that, re- is that really what they need? I feel like every team needs starting pitching, no matter who you are. It's the Pittsburgh it's- pirates are going to wait five years for their rebuild and cap it with a high school shortstop. Yeah, that's, right. that's what we're doing. The, the pirates need everything. Take generational talents. Yeah. And these guys are, I don't, I'm not a huge MLB draft guy. Like I just, I'm not scouting high school and college prospects, but I am every weekend. My- <laughs> I'm driving to local high schools. I'm flying to Texas and I'm looking at you know, all these high school shortstops in my experience. You know, I follow it because you want to see who's atop the class. Uh, you want to see Yankees are typically drafting late. So you want to see how deep the first round is, but I've never seen this amount of hype surrounding two pitchers in. I don't know how long maybe ever. This is like, Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker are two like potent like the surest of things you could potentially get. Leiter throughout his college career is nine and two with a 2.03 ERA, 0.88 whip, 128 strikeouts in 15 games over 80 innings. Kumar Rocker, 25 and 7, 2.77 ERA, one whip, 252 strikeouts in 34 games, totaling 188 innings. Like, and I'm reading Kylie McDaniel's mock. Kylie McDaniel knows a lot, but like, what is this explanation? Under the Reds, so he has he has uh he has Lawler going first to the Pirates. He's got Jack Leiter going two to the Rangers, and then he has uh Marcelo Meyer going to the Tigers at three, and then he has Rocker going to the Red Sox at four, which is going to piss us off eternally. But then the description is: I wouldn't say that Rocker is exactly uh, uh Hein Bloom's type per se, but there's widespread inter- industry speculation that the Red Sox are likely to take him if he's available. A no shit. B what is not Hein Bloom's type? He's not in analytics like bullshit under the radar darling that he's going to pluck out of nowhere. Like it's like taking Zion Williams yeah. in fourth. No shit. They're <laughs> going to do that. If he slips there, well, he's not going for Heim Bloom is not going for his prototypical, uh, you know, uh, spin rate dude at number four. You're taking a high profile player here. And then the end of the, the end of the description rockers velocity has rebounded a since, since uh, uh, a bit since dipping in March, but his last out outing against Alabama was less than stellar. Is this guy supposed to be throwing perfect games every time he takes them out? You see highlights. <laughs> you see highlights of Kumar rocker. Every time you're on social media, you he's see his awesome. fastball. It's it's, it's object. He's objectively one of the best college pitchers you'll ever, you'll see of this generation. I, I don't understand. It's funny because we're crying about the Red Sox probably going to be able to take him. And now I'm crying about, the description of why it's like, oh yeah, you know, they, they, they might you know, go out alone here and take Kumar Rocker. He's not exactly high influence type. Like, come on. Well, it's just you can see mistakes. It's it's look. It's partially that the Red Sox are probably going to get this falling into their lap, but it's, you can see the mistakes coming from miles away. If the Red Sox were able to get their hands on Kumar Rocker because there were three can't miss talents ahead of him, yeah. and then maybe Rocker ends up being a reliever or whatever. I I hear you. I think that's stupid. And obviously a starter only pitches once every five days. Yes, I, I understand. But we've seen what aces can do to, to Major League Baseball teams. Uh, like if there were three slam dunk people ahead of him and the Red Sox got lucky, I understand. But the, the there are clear lower talent shortstops being considered for budgetary reasons by both the Pirates and Tigers. I think that's embarrassing. And just in, in, in order to give you another idea and a clarifier about why, like how this draft discourse is moving and why the pitchers are sort of the rocks and everything else around them feels like it's untethered and unmoored. At one point, like for a long time, 
The top three in this draft were Lighter, Rocker, and Matt McClain, the UCLA shortstop. That is now who the Yankees are projected to take at 20. Mm. 20 UCLA shortstop Matt McClain. Like, these shortstops are just an excuse. People are just putting shortstops in the top of the draft so that they don't have to acknowledge that Rocker and Lighter are the clear top two talents. Like, if the Yankees get a former projected top three pick at 20, sure, that'll I'll be excited by that. But, like, that just shows they're throwing stuff at the wall. Like, ooh, don't disregard this shortstop. Ooh, perhaps Marcelo Meyer could be projectable. I, I just don't care. Um, And part of it, obviously, like, look, it's probably better for Major League Baseball if Kumar Rocker, who's going to be up in like a year and a half, goes to a good team like the Boston Red Sox and you get to put him in your national games and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I just want to root for Kumar Rocker. First of all, I don't want to watch him on the Red Sox, whether he pans out or not. That's not exciting to me. It is, in fact, annoying to me. And then you don't think Detroit or Baltimore could use a black ace like Kumar Rocker a little more than the city of Boston. I hate to be that guy, but like... MLB could build around Kumar Rocker for the next 10 or 15 years if he lands in the right place. And I, I don't think Boston is the right place. So if Detroit could just do the right thing here, it would be much appreciated. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, in cooler news, though, so we don't have to complain about this anymore. Let's do some uh, cooler news. Jason cooler Dominguez. News. <laughs> in cooler pubic news. service announcement. <laughs> no, no, we have no pubic service announcement right now, uh, though. Jason Dominguez uh, doubled in his first at bat today. Uh, absolutely ripped it and looked pretty fast running the bases from what I'm watching right now. So cool. uh, that came from Marley Rivera. In case you guys are interested in checking that out, uh, we still are we at- sure it's Jason Dominguez. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it a Martian? Actually, it's five sure. vaccines piled on top of each other. <laughs> He's at extended spring training. Is that correct? Uh, yes. He still does not have a roster, but um, I don't know. We don't know when that's going to happen. Uh, but guess what? We will take any positive highlights of Jason Dominguez that isn't, you know, in the middle of uh, a different country where someone's like lobbing him soft toss. This is an actual it's actual live batting practice with uh, players on the field. So um, pretty cool that the swing looks smooth, dude. He looks he looks like a unit. He just really does rip cool. sprinting out of the box rounds first like a pro gets the second standing up like uh, this is exciting. That's what I needed. That's because I'm in a mood. I, I'm just like the the woo socks started play yeah. yesterday. They got so a cool I'm logo. in a mood because the paw so- the the only good thing the Red Sox had going for them was the paw socks, the Pawtucket Red Sox, triple A team, amazing historic stadium, great community that like needed minor league baseball. Their final season, the Red Sox screwed them, built a new team in Worcester called the Woo Sox. The Paw Sox were supposed to have a final season in 2020. Obviously, that did not happen. The stadium is now just decrepit. There was a New York Times story about it today because the Woo Sox played their stupid first game yesterday. So I'm in a mood. Kumar Rocker on the Woo Sox is my literal nightmare. At least the Paw Sox, I would have enjoyed it for the city of Pawtucket. But we're stuck with the Woos. Uh, So Jason Dominguez give me a little bit of hope. And the Yankees give me a little bit of hope with their Tuesday performance against the Rays. That is it. For this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get them podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with the mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to interact with that, and we will be coming to you again on Friday when this series has concluded. Thomas Carinante, where can they find you? At Tommy's underscore takes. You can also find us at YanksGoYard.com. Plenty of content there for you. You can also talk to us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at YanksGoYardFS. We're there all day, but we're more so there during game time. 
please just give me a sweep of the Rays. That's all I want. If we're going to get one sweep this year, just let it be this at the trop. <laughs> get us, uh, what, up to five-game win streak, feeling good on this because uh, we have a 10-game uh, game road trip now. So let's just let's smack the Rays. They suck. It's time we, just, it's time we put this to bed, and uh, let's go Yanks. You know what? It's in play. That's what we need. We woke up after game one, and the sweep is in play. So let's go, Yanks. See you on Friday. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.